What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Here's for Sale podcast. This is episode 17. So on this episode, I'm going to be trying something a little bit different uh, for the next couple episodes, actually. I'm going to be recording not, hopefully, episodes that are a little bit, probably a little bit shorter than normal, but they're only going to be about one topic. So on today's episode, we're going to be talking about something that I have been thinking about for a little bit. It is the concept of the NHL Young Guns. So I know I don't I don't think I I don't know as much about hockey cards as I would like particularly. Uh but this last week, so series 1 of the of the upper deck, the 2019-20 series came out for first series one at least, and within there they had a bunch of the young guns. Which the young guns is basically the first rookie card of an NHL player. So if you're looking at like a Connor McDavid, or you're looking at like Elias Pettersson, or any of the rookies from the last few years, you're going to be looking for their first young gun card. So. This is a topic, this is a point where I'm not sure if the Young Guns are in Series 2, but I know within the Series 1, they have the first Young Gun cards. So, like, Jack Hughes, and I think it's Quentin Hughes, I think, is the other guy. So those are two rookies that were in uh, the like top, uh, top draft picks this year. And the thing that I want to talk about, about those cards, is that I really like the concept of the Young Gun. Uh, the concept that... Uh, upper deck is basically establishing and saying this is the rookie card like i know with bowman there's the first bowman so technically that's a way of top saying like this is the first bowman this is their first rookie rookie card you could say because some collectors consider the bowman the first rookie card some people don't say some people say that it isn't considered a rookie card until it's in the regular tops lineup but for for me, and I guess it really, and honestly, I don't really know. Like, I personally, really, so rookie cards are kind of my area, not even really of expertise, but the area that I focus most of my time on. Like, I know there's inserts, and I know there's autographs, and there's patches, but I just think, for me, I like to focus more on rookie cards. So that's why when I saw the Young Guns and the concept that they said, that Upper Deck is saying that this is the rookie card to own of a certain player, it kind of makes me wish that Tops would do something like that, where they say that because what ends up happening, like with this upcoming year, basically for twenty twenty, you're gonna see players like uh, Bobichet, you're gonna see players like uh, Jordan Alvarez, um, the uh, uh, the guy from the Reds that hit all the home runs. I I don't know how to pronounce his name. Uh, so I'm not going to try, but the, the guy who hit the, a bunch of home runs for the Reds. So they're going to all have rookie cards in Series 1. So like a player like Bregman or um, Aaron Judge, I believe they also had rookie cards in Series 1, but then they also had rookie cards throughout the rest of the year. So one thing that they do that I don't particularly like, that I wish they would shift more towards the Young Guns concept, is that establishing that this is the first Tops card. Like, this is the first one, because the other thing that sometimes can happen with these cards is that there are multiple different pictures. Like, the Shoei Otani rookie cards from last year, There are they use different photos from Series... I think Series 2 was the first year, was the first one that he was in, but from Series 2 and then Update, they used a different photo. And I don't particularly like that they do that, because it makes it a little bit more challenging to find the actual 
rookie card because like if you look up um 20 i'm just gonna use shoei's otani as the example if you look up 2018 shoei otani tops whatever you're looking for the rookie card you know you're gonna see like a bunch of different ones like and i understand that like there are there are ones from heritage or whatever and there's the ones from i don't know if he was in top's finest but like the people throughout the year you have the different ones i'm talking specifically about the flagship set here because they just use different photos. So, like, even with, like, the Acuna rookies last year, that's another example. Like, he was a short print in Series 2, but then in the factory set, they actually even used a photo that I think was the same at bat. And it was, one, the bat down was the Series 2, and then the bat up was the one in the factory set. And, you know, for incoming new collectors, it's a little bit tougher to know which one to look for like if you were to say also because they don't exactly label it on the psa slabs like if they said this is a series two rather than calling it the bat down whatever i think it's bat down card is what they call it on this on the slab of the psa and i think bgs as well but like if they called it series two instead of siri instead of describing what's going on like if the for the vlad and then i know i'm using a bunch of examples but i'm using examples of where i think they could make some changes to make things a little bit easier to, for new collectors like the vlad jr short print in series two if you look at the slab it says no number variation so like that doesn't and obviously, if you're looking at the card and you can look at the back and you can see that it says Series 2, but I just wish there was an easier way if you're just looking at the front of the card because not everybody, um, if they're posting something on eBay or they're trying to sell it, not everybody takes a picture of the back of the card. So if you don't know which picture correlates with which player, like you, you don't, you, you'll run into an issue where you don't know exactly which rookie card to look for. So I'll use another example here Cody Bellinger has his regular, I think he was in Update was his first rookie card, but then within Update, I think there was eight or nine different variations. There was like an all-star variation, there was a photo variation, there was like a rookie cup variation. There's just all these different variations of these rookie cards. And I understand, I, I wish instead of making variations, they would make those subsets and not, uh, and, and make them either part of the checklist or make it so it's different from the what would be the first tops and it almost makes me want to it makes me want to say like no i think that they should put some sort of insignia on the card that means that this is the first card that the first tops flagship card because it, it seems like a little bit confusing like when i was first getting back into the hobby i shohei otani was big he was like the big guy he was the chase at that point and so this was um, a couple, this was the middle of last year, basically. And he was the guy that everyone was chasing. So when I was looking for his cards, you know, I've, I opened up some Siri, I opened up some tops update packs and I got a Shoei Otani. I was like, this is sick. Like this is the card. But then I realized that like the series two card is technically his actual first rookie card. And, you know, with the young guns in series one and then series two, if there's people that are getting called up, like Upper Deck is establishing that the Young Gun rookie card is the rookie card that you're going to want to buy if you're buy if you're looking for like I said if you're looking for a Pedersen or you're looking for a McKinnon in uh, Colorado or you're looking for Connor McDavid or any any of the rookies you're, you're they're establishing that this is the card you want to buy and for 
players in baseball, if you're not looking at the first Bowman, you kind of have no way of really knowing unless you've done a little bit more research in that area to know uh, that this is the first this is the first car that you want to buy. And I guess you could look at the pricing of the Young Guns compared to the Tops cards. And, you know, I think if if the Tops were to say this is the first rookie card of a certain player, it might cause the pricing to go up a little bit, considering, like, that there aren't other versions of the card that are technically in the market, because, like... If you're looking at, like, an Alex Bregman, you see that in 2017, he has, like, a couple different versions of the Topps flagship card with the rookie card logo. And I think, I, I understand that for Topps, it's a pretty, it's a good business, business decision to put in the short prints in Series 2 because that kind of gives people a little bit more of a chase. So, like, the Acunas from last, from 2018, and then the Vladimir Guerrero Jr. from 2019... But if there was a way to make the card, and I, and I understand that it's also tough for Tops and maybe even Upper Deck to look at uh, look at a player and say, like, if this is their Young Guns card or this is their rookie card, like, how are we going to include them in the rest of the the rest of the sets throughout the year? And I think that's even a scenario where if they were to just make the other variations of the card, the regular rookie card, and then have some sort of first tops or young guns or kind of come up with some concept for the player's first card um, similar to Bowman. Like, because I think some some players have... Some players are included in... Uh, actually, I guess they do do it the other way. So, like, some players are included in the April version of Bowman, and then they're also included in the Bowman Chrome version, which they still would have. I think they still have that first Bowman logo, um, or they may not. They might not be on the checklist. Actually, I, I'm not. I'm not a hundred percent sure. But like, if there was a way to, because they could still put the rookie card logo on the cards themselves but then just have one of the whatever the first version of the card say like first rookie i don't know like i said i haven't exactly thought through what they would call it if they were to call it something different but like if if they were to do that i think you would probably see like some of the changes i think that would happen you'd see the price of that card be a little bit higher where like if throughout the year you got other rookie cards, like I think it would just be better to have different variations, but have a way to establish what is that first rookie card. Because like the only way that I have found that is the best way to figure out which rookie card is either to look at the checklist of each of the ones and then kind of search for the player's name. But like that can be, I mean, that can be a little tedious if you're looking up like a bunch of players, but then uh, cardboard connections. I think they have a they have a huge database of like rookie cards and like any of the popular rookies. You can look so and so rookie card and they'll show you which one was the first one. But there, I think there should be top should top shouldn't have to rely on an outside source to establish which is the first rookie card or the first flagship rookie of that player. I think. Even or even if Tops had a data, I think Tops should do that. Tops should come up with a database of 
each year, each year's rookie cards and say, these are the Series 1, these are the rookies that are in Series 1, these are the rookies that are in Series 2, these are the rookies that are in Series 3. Or, I mean, it's not Series 3, Update. Which, like, if you're looking at, like, Michael Chavez, he was in Update, but that was his first rookie card. And I think... Austin Riley is another one of those players that's in update but didn't have a card in Series 2, but like also was in some of the other sets. I think uh, Kate Cavan Biggio on the Blue Jays was also like that as well. Uh, but if there was a database that said for... Like similar to the way that PSA has their database where you can search for... You can search for a player, and then you can figure out what was the first top set they were in. Like if Topps had a way to build maybe a back-end database of all of the checklists that the card, the the player is featured in, I think that would be a good way to establish what would technically be the first rookie card. Because also, I don't know if there's a way to... I, I don't know, I'm not sure about this, but like if if they're in Topps um, Heritage before they're in Topps Update, and that Heritage card is technically their first rookie card, or like if... Like for Vladimir Guerrero, he was in, um, he was in sets before he was in other products before he was in series two. Like I think he was in, I forget if Gypsy, no, Allen and Ginter. I forget if that came out before. I guess no. I guess it would have come out after. But there were other sets that he was in that were before the series two short print that he was in. But like if you could go to Tops or you could go to some actually Tops because that's what I, that's the concept I'm coming up with here. If you could go to Tops's website and you could search Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and it would show you every set or subset that he's in. There's got to be a way that you could do that. That's similar to um, that would be similar to the way that. Uh, Com C does their organization of their cards. Like you could search from oldest. I don't know. They probably wouldn't be able to pull in any pricing data, but like if they could pull in like oldest or newest, and they were able to update it with like even because even they realistically could just do it with just rookies. Like they don't even have to do it with uh, their second year cards or third year cards. They could do it with just cards that have that rookie card logo on there, and I think that would give collectors an easier way to see what would technically be the first rookie card uh of a certain player and i mean we'll we'll see down the road how how collectors treat a card that's first other that's first before their first flagship rookie i guess and maybe i'll go and i'll take maybe i'll go and take a look at um players that would have that first first card in like i don't know like gypsy queen or something along those lines that came out after after series one, but before series two, and if they were in those sets, uh, then that it, it technically wouldn't be the first rookie. It, it's not going to be their first flagship, obviously, but like the first rookie card technically uh, within that set. And I think that would be a good good idea for tops to help new collectors because like it's just if you have to, there's so many variations that it's super tough to find the rookie card that you're looking for and like even when i was first coming back into it like then you get into bowman and i guess that's kind of a kind of another thing that maybe they would have to have a separate database or they would include that in that database where they say from their first maybe they could i don't know these some kind of uh spitballing ideas here with this concept but it would be maybe like they're from their first bowman until 
um, the last card that they have in the year of their rookie year. Um, and, you know, I, another thing that kind of is interesting that Topps has done in the past, like they did it with Chris Bryant where they kept him out of the tech, the year his technical his technical rookie year and I think he won rookie of the year and then next year he was in tops products as a rookie so like I don't know how I exactly feel about that like because I know the Cubs did do the thing where they didn't call him up and like they had this huge there was a huge uh, issue that Chris Bryant had with the Cubs when they did that like because they took away a year of his eligibility for free agency and all that stuff but like with uh, Alvarez like he's potentially going to win rookie of the year and he's not going to have rookie cards until 2020 so like the end of next year Alvarez is going to have rookie cards so that doesn't like make sense to me and I I understand it's top's decision uh to decide where a player because if they have like a cutoff or something whatever I don't know which I don't think they do because Alvarez played just as many games as like people like Keston Hero I think and Keston Hero was in update and he was in he was in heritage so like I don't know it's kind of annoying but there's obviously there's nothing collectors can really do about it other than just say well we'll just the 2020 year will be the year that you have to collect Alvarez and that I mean that's another thing that kind of could be confusing to new collectors coming in because they could say, well, Alvarez played like 100 games in 2019, so why are his 2020 rookie cards his rookie cards? And that would be a point of where maybe the database comes in and they would say, or if they could give a reason why. Like, I don't know. There's, there, there is no reason, I don't think. I think it's just so that way they can sell the products coming up in the next year. I really don't think that there's a way that they can really justify not having Alvarez in 2019 products other than that they are looking at the they're looking at the classes and they're saying okay so we need someone to be able to sell in 2020 the same way that this year they had all those huge name rookies like Vlad and Eloy and Alonzo and Tatis uh which I think so out of those four guys I like Tatis the most um, and that's probably a guy I'm going to be buying a little bit of in the off season. You know, I think, I don't know if I've said this on the podcast before, but I think I've said it on Instagram where I feel like the Padres are in a similar situation to the Astros from 2016, maybe where they, in, in a way where they have a lot of homegrown talent and the way that they're different is obviously because like they signed Manny Machado, they signed Eric Hosmer, they signed uh, Will Myers. I think they either signed him or trade for him, but whatever, but they brought in some talent. So they have some veterans, but they have like the younger guys, like they have Chris Paddock, the pitcher, they've got uh, Luis Urias, they've got uh, Tatis, obviously. So, I mean, Tatis is a guy that I think I'm going to be looking to buy. I haven't really looked at what his prices are now. I think they're 50 to $60 for a PSA 10. I mean, if those can drop down a little bit into the 30 to $40 range, like I think those are really good buys. I even think that the 40 to $50 are going to be good considering that I, considering how good I think Tatis will be. I think because he's also a little bit more flashy, which I think, going forward is going you're going to see a little you're you're going to see people buying those players that are more interesting if that makes sense so like the um the like people who people who are like oh like Tatis he's too flashy like that's not good for the game I don't like bad flips those people aren't in my opinion those people aren't the people buying sports cards you know like 
the people who are buying sports cards are probably the people who, when they saw Bregman and uh, Bregman and Juan Soto bat flipping off in the World Series, th- I mean that's incredible. Realistically, I think that should have been even a way bigger deal. Like just the fact that, just the fact that Bregman brought his bat to first base, and then Soto then hit a home run and then brought his bat to first base. Like it's, an, I mean that's just incredible. That's amazing. I for someone who likes personalities in sports a little bit more. Maybe not more, whatever, it doesn't matter. I like when people have personalities in sports and it's not just, like, boring, like, ugh, like, you know, like, some players, they just go in interviews, they just go, yeah, like, we played great out there, like, but all, in, a, in a way that's, like, not funny. Like, I think when Bill Belichick does that, I think it's funny because I think he literally loves football so much that he doesn't know how to answer questions in a way that aren't just football-related. But, like, players who clearly could, clearly are able to answer questions a little bit differently but still just choose to just kind of be boring and, like, just are out there and not really engaging with fans or whatever. It doesn't, whatever. But you get the point. So, like, I think... Tatis is probably somebody I'm going to be targeting this offseason a little bit. I mean, I don't know. I've slowed down on buying cards a bit. Uh, and because I bought like a ton of soccer recently. And, you know, I think I might have to try and sell some of the soccer soon. No, not some of the soccer. I bought some NBA stuff. And I like, I bought uh, two Luca cards at the beginning of the season for like 135 for the total so like 67 or 68 dollars a piece and now he's already he's already up to that for one so like i don't know if i'm going to be selling luca and buying some other stuff this off season but like i think that from like i was listening to gary v's podcast with uh otias sports i believe is the name he was uh they were talking about like ways to buy sports cards and they were saying just buy in the off season because they go down, but then they go up once the season starts by 20 to 30%. So, like, that's a, and I, I wish I had been doing that over the summer with basketball cards because Trey Young is another player that, like, I also think it matters for who the player is that you're buying. Like, uh, the Trey Youngs and Lucas are just skyrocketing, which, like, is interesting. And maybe you'll see a trend kind of some of some of those other 2018 rookies go up a little bit. But, um, so those are that's one of the players. So like Tatis is in that is in a good scenario, and he's in series two, which like his series two card is vertical, or I mean horizontal too. So like that's unfortunate because like I don't know, I'm not a huge fan of horizontal cards compared to vertical cards. But you know what can you really do? There's nothing you can do about the picture. Like his factory set has a good picture, his update has a good picture, but like that series two card is going to be what would be his young gun card if he if he was a NHL player and this was his first rookie card. So that is going to be it for the episode today. Um, I guess I didn't do it at the beginning of the episode, so if you're already here, that's, a, that's good. Uh, Heroes for Sale on Instagram. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn if you just search Adam Palmer. I have red hair. Uh, I've been posting a lot on there. I've been not posting as much on Instagram. I'm still, I'm trying to get back into it. You know, my full-time job, I'm a, I've been a little bit busy, so I haven't had the bandwidth to kind of spend as much time on posts. And I don't want to like half, um, half-ass half posts. So like I, I want to spend a little bit extra time and kind of going to that extra layer to find out more information for you guys and you for everybody on Instagram 
uh, that enjoys the posts. And, you know, I've also noticed that, the, like I've said on previous episodes, Instagram, the organic engagement has gone down a little bit. So, I mean, I am using some paid advertising on some of the posts, but like on LinkedIn is where I've been posting and I've been pretty consistent on there. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter. Uh, sometimes I'll talk about some sports card stuff on there, but it's mostly just me retweeting funny stuff from sports most of the time. But Twitter, it's A Palmer Media. Also, A Palmer Media on a, the other Instagram. Um, also, if you go to my Instagram bio right now, I have a new Luka Doncic shirt that I put up. And probably if you're listening to this in the future, there may also be a Trey Young shirt and there may also be a Devin Booker shirt that's on the store as well. So if you're looking for a way to support the podcast and support the content a little bit more, taking that extra step, uh, you can go to that link and it'll bring you to my t-shirt shop, which I also have some baseball shirts on there. You know, I, I, during the summer, I was kind of trying to get one up a week and it didn't really pan out as well. But now I'm, now that basketball's back, I'm going to be trying to put up some more shirts throughout the season. Uh, so like I said, if you're looking for another way to support, uh, thank you for listening. And that is going to be all for today. So I will talk to you on the next one.